Can you use chores as a tool to teach important life skills to children? We will tell you how on this episode of Happily Unmarried. Hi, my name is Danielle. And my name is Daniel. And you're listening to the Happily Unmarried podcast, a podcast about adulting and living your best life. In this episode, we will talk about how you can use chores to teach your children about responsibility, that effort begets reward, and that you sometimes have to show persistence to achieve your goals. So roughly two years ago, we decided to have our elders contribute to the household with chores. Yeah, there are a couple of reasons why we made this choice so early. She was four. The goal was, one, to teach her responsibility and through that build her confidence. And two, we wanted to introduce her to basic economics. You do a task, you get a reward. And that things have value and that you have to work for them. We do a lot of our shopping online and even when we go to stores, we use plastic. So she never really sees how much we're spending. Well, that we have to pay for things at all, really. Stuff just shows up at our doorstep in, in her mind. Yeah, so let's start by looking at some of the fundamentals around chores. First, it probably makes sense for us to talk about our general stance on chores. For us, chores are meant uh, to be used to teach lessons about life and responsibility. Uh, they're really not meant to make our life any easier. Right. And in fact, I think sometimes it's even more convenient for us to do them ourselves than having our children do them. A lot of times they need help or, or support in completing some chores. And if we just watered the plants ourselves, we'd be done in no time. Right. Because the point of chores really is to to teach something to children. So, you know, what are we teaching? I think the biggest thing that we're teaching here is responsibility. In a few ways, right? First being, you got to get your shit done, right? You've got things that you need to do, that you've been assigned to do, that you're allocated, it's your job, and you got to get it done. Right. So the other part is, others rely on you. If you're not getting your shit done, you're letting others down. So when you can deliver for the folks that are relying on you, that helps build confidence, especially in children. Right? They feel like they're contributing and they're, they're doing their part and their part is allowing other people to do what they need to do and that makes them feel good about themselves. Right. And then from an economics perspective, um, what chores teach is that effort begets reward. So you don't get stuff just for free. You have to work for them. And this is actually a really interesting point. And I don't think everyone would agree with us that children should get rewarded for doing their chores. Sure. You don't have to give rewards for chores, but we chose to do this because it allows us to teach basic economics to our children. So you do something, you get something. Um, And if you don't have any rewards, that's obviously really hard to do. And really, it's kind of the closest thing that a child can have to a job if we're talking about economics. Yeah. And she needs to get pay for something so that we can teach her about economics and teach her that she needs to work for reward and then teach her about the different things of different value, etc. So she will need to have something that is equivalent to a job and chores are just the obvious thing to choose. So typically there's two dimensions to rewards. We think of them as flat rate versus per chore and then points versus cash. Right. And so they're really two dimensions. So they're they're perpendicular to each other, meaning the flat rate versus per chore is an axis and the points versus cash is an axis. So flat rate versus per chore is the payment of the reward. So how do you get paid? And then the points versus cash axis describes the nature of the reward. So do you get hard cash or something more abstract like points? And 
because they're different accesses, you can combine these as you see fit. So you can have points, but get them paid in a flat rate or per chore, or you can have cash and have them paid at a flat rate or per per chore. chore. So if we look a little bit further into the nature of rewards, so that points versus cash, we can kind of break down a little bit um, what some of the the benefits uh, behind utilizing one of these as a reward. Uh, So starting off with points, one of the biggest things for us anyway, when it comes to points is that it allows us to have our daughter trade in her points for predefined rewards, meaning we decide what the rewards are going to be and what the value of those rewards are. And then she can utilize her points in any way to purchase that reward. Right. And so this ties in with another good point. um, That is that points are more tangible. They are in some ways more abstract than cash, at least for somebody who understands how cash works. But for children, a lot of children, they, they struggle with how does money even work. So if you have some kind of point system, it's very easy to understand and to grasp for them. As soon as they can do simple addition or counting, they can u- you can use a point system as a reward system for them. And another great point, I think, is how easily you can gamify points so it can use something fun like stickers right or some kind of like fun token with a smiley face on it or something it makes it much easier for the child to get excited about it than money which awkwardly a lot of children don't find very exciting (laughs) did you know that you can listen to our podcast on youtube itunes spotify google play music and even on our website just search for happily unmarried podcast and don't forget to subscribe And I know that I mentioned just a second ago how by having points, it allows you to predefine the rewards. The other thing is it also in being able to predefine those rewards, you have a little bit more control over what uh, your child is is utilizing their points for. So, for example, uh, you know, we're not going to include a reward that is you know, $10 worth of candy uh, or something that we know our child might get and quickly lose interest in. And I think then one other benefit of points, um, one that we had to <laughs> learn ourselves, is that they can't be physically lost. Right. Um, at least <laughs> if they lose them, at the very least, nothing of actual value is being lost. So this is what points do for you. Let's look a little bit at cash. So I think one of the strongest benefits of cash is it gives you a lot more flexibility. Pre- to be precise, actually, it gives your children more flexibility, which is can be an upside or a downside, depending on how you see it. For us, and I think this is probably true for a lot of younger children, you probably want to restrain their flexibility a little bit for for various reasons. You don't want them to to do stupid things, but you also kind of want to reduce complexity to make it simple and easier for them to understand and grasp. But cash can have this as a benefit, that it adds more flexibility. Yeah, it's more personal in what they are choosing to utilize their money on, because it's something that they are deciding on themselves. There's also a couple requirements to cash. So one being that a child actually has to have the ability to spend their money. So they have to have access to stores and services that are easily, easily accessible. Uh, Daniel mentioned earlier, we don't go, we don't go to stores very often. Uh, And when we do, a lot of times we don't take the children because it's just easier to get things done that way. Uh, So where we would have to take specific trips to the store, uh, it wouldn't happen organically. Mm-hmm. Then obviously, another requirement is that the children need to be need to 
understand how money works. And while it seems trivial to a lot of grown-ups and to us for children, it's really hard to understand that this one coin that has a 10 on it, which is a dime, is actually worth less than a bill with a one on it. To- totally crazy. So children struggle with this, how money works, how it's divisible, how you can combine a hundred cents into a dollar. That sounds just right. something that children, up until a certain point, don't understand or are struggling to understand. And then lastly, which we've already kind of touched on, is that with cash, if it gets lost, you're losing a reward with value. Right. With If you lose a bunch of stickers, they can be easily replaced. If you use a wa- lose a wallet plus $25, right. that's a little harder to, to, to deal with. So then let's talk about the payment of the reward. So the flat rate salary versus the per chore hourly rate. Let's start with the flat rate. It works a little bit like a salary. You you do the work that is expected from you. And then upon completion of this work, of your chores that you're supposed to do within the week or whatever the time frame is, you get paid your your allowance, essentially. Right. And with this model... There's an expectation that all chores will be completed by the end of the week, at which point you receive payment. Now, that expectation may not be 100% of the chores are completed by the end of the week, but you do have to set some guidelines. Otherwise, as a parent, you're just paying out at the end of the week and you could be paying out for 20% of the chores and that might not be what was agreed on. So you need to define what is the work that needs to get done to be able to receive this flat rate payment. Right. Not just the chores that need to be done, but the minimum amount of chores that need to be done. Right. And that could be all. It could be all. Yeah. One interesting thing about this, though, is that it requires precise tracking um, of all the chores that have been done. And it requires that, obviously, because at the end of the week, you need to sit down and be like, okay, these are the things that were done. These are the things that weren't done. Are you eligible to receive your flat rate payment? Which actually can be a potential source for contention, right? Because then you're basically debating on, well, I did this and I forgot to track it or you didn't see me when I took out the trash yesterday. And we're basically relying on, you know, the word of your child, which of course you want to be able to rely on the word of your child. But if you're not, if you're not tracking it anywhere, then you get to the end of the week and you say, okay, well... Now we need to figure out if you actually should get paid. Right. Which and is discouraging, I think, for children sometimes, right? Yeah, and it's also, somebody may legitimately have forgot about a chore or whatever, and maybe they've only achieved 99% of what was agreed upon to to receive their payment, and you don't want to be that parent and then says, well, you you don't get your payment, right? So it creates problems where there don't have to be any um, in some ways. So now when we look at the payment of reward on a chore-by-chore basis, um, what this implies is that you receive or the child receives a reward for every chore that they complete. Mm -hmm. This allows you to be a little bit more lenient when it comes to tracking. Well, yeah, because if you can get paid immediately after you completed the chore, you don't even need to track the chore really in a lot of ways. You can just say, hey, look, I just finished my chore. Can I have the reward, please? Right? You don't need to keep track of th- that this chore was completed until the end of the week or whenever the, the payment is due. Right. 
another thing that becomes easier with the per chore payment system is having optional chores. We're trying to not force our children to do all of their chores. We want we want them to want to do their chores. Right. There are some chores that they can choose to do. And if they do, they get their reward. And if they don't do them, they will not get their reward. A lot of those chores fall into the category that we mentioned earlier that are really more inconvenient towards right. us if they do them, right? So we can do them easier if, if we do them ourselves, like watering the plants or unloading the dishwasher. Um, but we want to give them that power, this agency to make a choice on if they want to do the chore and receive the reward or don't do the chore and not receive the reward. So let's talk a little bit more about how we actually implement or chore system for our children at home. Sure. I think before we talk about what we're currently doing, we should probably take a step back and talk a little bit about what our original approach was, because that's kind of led us to where we are now. Um, So when we first decided to implement chores in our house, we came from a cash flat rate method. So uh, our daughter had a chore chart with both daily and weekly chores on it. And she needed to complete them throughout the week. And then at the end of the week, we paid her her flat rate, so her allowance. Right. And we ran into a bunch of problems with that. Some of them we have touched on uh, a minute ago. So there were problems arose from both the fact that we chose flat rate as well as the fact that we chose cash. Um, And there were some other problems as well. So let's look at some of the flat rate problems that we ran into. One thing specifically that we ran into was that we had to be really on top of her doing her chores. She was four years old at that time, yeah. maybe four and a half, five. Children at that age, they just don't have a lot of responsibility yet. And they, they forget things easily. And they don't, they don't mind doing it when you ask them to do it. But for them to, on their own, realize, oh, I have chores to do. And let me make sure I complete my chores for the day. That's not really something that's top of mind for them. And that's what we quickly learned uh, with our daughter. That we had to constantly remind her because at the end of the week, she... At the end of the week, if she ha- if she didn't do the chores, she would not get her reward, right? That was the rule. And then without malicious intent, she would not get her reward just because she didn't think of doing her chores. And, and she was just not capable from an age and development perspective to remind herself of doing those chores. And this was really frustrating for us as well, because the whole point of chores was that we wanted to teach her basic economics, and you can't do that if you're never paying out the reward. Yeah. If you like our podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes and don't forget to subscribe to never miss an episode. And then when we look at cash, we realized that that probably wasn't the best nature of payment either um, because it really didn't bother her when she didn't get her allowance because she had no understanding of the value of money. Yeah, there's no... No motivation there. There's no motivation there. And she didn't understand the value that money has. And then even if we went to the store, she often just forgot to bring her wallet. Like she had a little wallet where she kept all her money in and then we'd go to Target and we'd ask her, do you want to, do you want to buy something? And she would be like, oh, I didn't bring my wallet. And she didn't have any money with her. Until the time that she did bring her wallet. And then we got home and realized she had lost it somewhere because she had tried to stuff it in her tiny little pocket where it didn't fit. And now the money was gone forever. Yeah, She was very upset. Very upset. And the last thing was we quickly realized that she just had too many chores. We were really ambitious. 
yeah, she had multiple weekly chores and at least a couple or so daily chores. It was just too much. It was we demanded too much from her in that regard, and it was simply also too much for us to keep track of and and keep keep tabs on. Yeah, and then to overcomplicate the cash payout even more, we also attempted to introduce savings and investing with interest. And when you already have a four and a half year old that doesn't know or care or understand the value of money, she's really not going to understand what it means to invest it and and get interest from it. Yeah. It was a nice try though. We really tried. (laughs) (laughs) So we had to recalibrate on both axes. So let's look a little bit at how we did that. So we still have a chore chart, but it works a little bit differently. It doesn't really track anymore if she has done her chores, but instead it's a playful way to collect her reward. We switch to the point system and our points are little star stickers. So she gets little stickers that she, whenever she completes a chore, she takes a sticker and puts it on her chore chart. Each row on that chore chart is for a specific chore, so she can collect them for each chore. That is really just a gimmick. It doesn't add any specific value, but it it shows her and us which chores she does more than others. And I think we'll actually make that chore chart available uh, to download. Yeah, we'll, we'll put it in the description so you can you can download it and use it for yourself or find inspiration and in modify it. Um, the other the other cool thing too about our chore chart is you know we have her specified chores, but then we also kind of have a bonus chore. So this allows us to. Uh, reward her for special reasons. So if she does something outside of her usual chores, like maybe she decides to help me cook dinner or helped she helped pl- uh, plant in our, in the backyard and you know she put a lot of time and effort into those things and we wanted to reward her for it. So we allowed her to, you know, take an extra star sticker and put it on the bonus chore. So it's another way to reward her for doing uh for taking initiative and helping yeah. out and, and incentivizing that. Yeah. And so for the most part, she she puts those stickers on her chore chart herself, um, which works much better than her tracking doing her chores on the old chore chart. And it's it's relatively easy to remind her if we have to do it. And she hasn't tried to cheat yet. Yeah, so the stickers are, they hang on the fridge right next to the actual chore chart. So she could just walk up. And slap some stickers on Put some on extra there. stickers on her chore chart. Um, <laughs> We don't think she's done that yet. At least if she has done it, then we did not notice it. Yeah. And the stickers, they, they add a little bit of playfulness to it, right? It, it makes it like they're, they're little fun star stickers with little faces on it. And, and I mean, kids love stickers, right? right? They're always collecting stickers. They're colorful. You can stick them places. So it's really a good motivator. And it makes her. it really easy for her to see her, her own progress, progress um, on, on her chore chart. And another thing that's nice about the way that we designed her chore chart, uh, as you know, Daniel mentioned earlier, was it allows for us to have optional and non-optional chores. So, you know, for example, there's going to be chores like cleaning your room, putting your laundry away. Those are not optional chores. Those need to get done. But, you know, if you decide you don't want to help empty the dishwasher or you decide that you don't want to set the table, well, that's fine. She can choose not to do those chores, but she will then not receive the reward for the optional chores. Right. And then for the non-optional chores, ideally she should do them without being even asked to do them. But it's it's fine if we have to ask her to do them. But what we expect from her is that she does them without complaining, complaining or a big fight. Um, and if she does her chores without complaining and without a big fight, she will get her sticker for it. But if she puts up an argument and is 
doesn't want to do it and sits on the couch and is grumpy, then we will still make her do the chore, obviously, but she will not get the reward anymore for it. Right. And that might not be immediately. So, for example, sometimes she really puts up a fight about not wanting to put her laundry away. So we make it very clear, okay, if you don't want to put your laundry away right now, that's fine. You're not going to get a sticker, but tomorrow you still have to put it away. Uh, so she, if she passes on it, she knows that she's going to lose the sticker, uh, but she also knows that the time's going to come where she's going to have to do it. So what we're hoping with this is that eventually she's going to figure out that, oh, I should just do it, get it out of the way, and get my reward for it. Right. And we make that very easy with some of the chores. Like for example, the cleaning up her room chore, she can literally clean up her room on a daily basis without... Like there's two pieces of stuff lying yeah. around. She can just pick them up and put them in, put them away, and get a sticker for it. And she's actually not doing that. I've told this. her multiple times if she clean straightened up her room and just picked up the things were all, that were on the floor every day, she could get a sticker for it every day. But she cannot be bothered to straighten up her room every I guess day. Guess all all children are the same. <laughs> <laughs> so the other thing that we have now is a trade-in chart. So. We're paying her points as rewards, and she can exchange those points for small things. Of different value and cost. Of, of different value and cost, yeah. So we provide her with guidelines, and she gets to choose what to trade in for. Guidelines basically means we have a set of items, approximately 10, uh, that she can trade her stickers in for. So each of those items has different cost and different value. Some of them are monetary in nature and some of them are non-monetary in nature, but the sticker cost for each of those items approximately uh, correlates with the monetary value of each of those items. Right. So for example, she could trade in 10 stickers for one toy that is approximately $20. Right. And then there's another, there's a larger toy option where she can, I think it's 20 stickers for a dollar for a toy worth up to $40 in value. Right. But it's use it or lose it. So if it's up to $40 in value and she only buys something that's $35, she doesn't get to keep those, any additional points for that. Right. Some of the other options that we make available to her are, are more like activities for the family. So going to the movies, the zoo, museum, activities that we would all do as a family. And in general, for all of her rewards, we try to incentivize educational rewards. So she has the option to spend a certain amount of stickers for a toy of a specific amount of value, or she can spend the same number of stickers on a toy that is of higher value if the toy is educational. Maybe a book or maybe a science kit or something that is actually... Promoting education. Yeah. And we do something similar about the family activity. So going to the movies would be relatively more expensive than going to the museum, for example. And then some examples for some non-monetary options would be, you know, deciding what you're going to have for dinner one night or you know, letting your child stay up an extra half an hour uh, or, you know, in the era of screen time, giving them that extra hour of screen time. Follow us on social media to get a peek behind the scenes. We are at Unmarried Media on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And then at the very top tier, we have this special reward for 100 points. We kind of rotate what it is, but we're currently still on the first one since we started this and she hasn't reached 100 points yet so has it traded in for this reward yet right now it's a, a a new tablet a new tablet the interesting part about this though is that when we rolled out her options for trade-in uh, and we walked her through all of them she immediately decided that she wanted to 
the new tablet, obviously, right? What kid's going to say, I, 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 they all say they want the tablet. Uh, but talking to her and letting her know that, you know, we ha- you have to work your way to 100, you know, points to get that. Uh, we were a little unsure, you know, how long, how far she would go before she decided, actually, I think I'm just going to trade it in for a toy. Uh, but we've been doing this now for about four months almost. And she's, I think, 18 points shy of getting the tablet. So we're, yeah. it's, it, it's pretty cool that she's actually, you know, sticking to it. I think in general, this whole revised system has been working surprisingly well for us. And we're quite happy with, with where we are. Um, it's much more age and skill appropriate to what we were doing before, which just mostly didn't work because she was just too young. And this now works so much better. Uh, and it gives her a great opportunity for learning new skills and developing skills and learning the fundamentals of basic economics, where she needed those to be able to apply them to a system that has cash or whatnot. Yeah, and especially when we talk about developing new skills, one of the skills that we've really seen her develop is, and I just mentioned this before, but is that restraint, you know? And, you know, she definitely talks about the fact that she could spend her points now on other things, but she's really practicing that restraint because she's kind of got her eye on that prize. In particular, and I want to point this out, is she does that on her own terms and on by her own will. We never told her, hey, you need to save up 100 stickers for for this big reward she decided she wanted to do that and we don't need to stop her from spending those stickers on other things so we don't have to remind her hey don't forget you wanted to save 100 stickers so maybe you should not buy this toy for 20 stickers now she does it all by herself and that is i I find quite amazing actually i did not think that she would have the The the, the willpower to to do that but that's kind of how we designed it too right i mean uh right i mean but if you look at the price of a tablet compared to some of the other toys, the 100 points that she has to spend on it is low compared to to the monetary value. Um, so we kind of incentivize and make it easier for her to make that choice. But still, it's it's quite impressive. Yeah. Now, all this being said, there's a probably a pretty good chance that as she gets older, we're going to change our system. Yeah, so as she learns about basic economics, we'll probably at some point say, okay, let's switch from from points to cash. It just adds a lot of value for older children that actually understand understand it. Um, that said, though, if you, for whatever reason, really want to do the cash model earlier, we would highly recommend that if you do a cash model, that you choose a single um, nomenclature of money. So basically, for example, only dimes or only quarters or only $1 bills and make all your reward the same. So don't start fiddling around with fractions and whatnot and and combining... Um, Four quarters into a dollar. Yeah, just, just have a gigantic stack of quarters if that's what it needs to be. Treat it more like tokens, essentially. Yeah. And, you know, our other goal here is that she'll, as she, you know, develops and builds in her responsibilities, she'll be more self-driven, which will then allow us to switch to from the per chore to the flat rate, because then that won't require us to have to prompt her constantly. She will be, she'll own that uh, and her chores and kind of drive that herself. Right. And so we're basically, with choosing the simpler option today, we're laying this foundation for her to grow into more the more complex and more sophisticated option in the in the future yeah that's all that we have to share so thanks for listening
but not so fast. Now it's your turn to do a chore. Leave us a review on iTunes and make sure to subscribe. How do you manage your children's chores? How does your approach fit on the flat rate per chore and cash points model? Tell us on Twitter at unmarried media. I am Daniel. And I'm Danielle. And, and we're, we're happily, happily unmarried. unmarried.